0: Good morning, this is uh, Steve Van Cura uh, of Bread of Life Bible Study, and I'm going to continue a lesson here on the flesh. In the Bible, the flesh represents the sin nature, the sin nature that we inherit from Adam and Eve. All right, so just a quick, quick review Um, Adam and Eve were originally made perfect, but God will always uh, give an opportunity to make a choice whether we want to serve Him or serve self or the devil. All right. Remember, uh, the serpent, that represents the devil, came into the Garden of Eden. God had presented two trees to Adam and Eve and said, the tree of life, you can eat all you want. The tree of death, or the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he said, the day that you eat of that one, you're going to die. Okay. Now, we're not talking of a physical death at this time, But a spiritual death, which will eventually lead to physical death. Now, let me just say this the Word of God is not so much for information as it is to bring transformation. Transformation. What was the goal of God in the whole creation? Let us make man in our image. Let us make man in our image. All right, so the Word of God, that's the way. Literally, uh, in the parable of the sower, and in other parables in in the Bible, uh, the Bible says the sower of seed is the Son of Man, the seed is the Word of God, and the soil are the hearts of men. Now, the word for seed in many of these is sperma. Sperma. What's what's that? Well, sperm is the seed of a man. So, what the Bible teaches is the Word of God is literally the seed or the sperm of the father. All right, And so when you and I receive, remember we're made of dust and dirt, we are made of dirt. And, and when you put a seed in the dirt, that's when it comes to life, germinates, and produces after its kind. Remember, every seed produces after its kind. The good seed produces good things, a bad seed bears a bad plant and bad fruit. Okay. So uh, you could say the Bible is all about two seeds, two trees, uh, seed of the serpent and seed of the woman. Okay, so when uh, Adam and Eve beget sons and daughters, after they'd already rebelled against God, uh, they passed on their rebellious sin nature to all their offspring. How do we enter this realm? How do we get here? Well, you were born here. You were first born Uh, of your parents, okay, in a physical realm down here. Uh, So you got into the kingdoms of this world, in a sense. You you had to be born here, okay? Now, there's three ways normally you and I can get into a family. One is by birth, one is by marriage, and the other is by adoption, adoption, okay? So, uh, and the only... It turns out that that's exactly the way we get into the family of God, all right? Uh, If once... The first birth, like I said, produces uh, a person uh, who has this sin nature in them. Okay, it's called the flesh. Okay, because uh, the body of Adam and Eve uh, contain this rebellious spirit, this rebellious nature. Okay, as a consequence, the Bible says flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of God. Okay, now the goal of this whole thing. Um, of the creation and God's plans and purposes. Remember we said is to let us make man in our image. All right. God does everything by his word. That's the sperma of the father. Okay. So his word becomes the means by which uh, we, uh, you know, just like you plant a seed in the ground, once it germinates, in a sense, it's, it's born. Okay. Now, so the first time, you and I are born of our parents physically. It's a physical birth, okay? But Jesus said to this guy named Nicodemus, he said, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said, well, gee, how's that going to work? How can a man enter into his mother's womb and be born again? So again, Nicodemus is thinking of something physical, physical. We tend to always think physical, but... The Bible's is all is, is spiritual, okay? Until we see the spiritual meaning, we do not get the message. okay? So if all I ever see is the, the natural or physical meaning or uh, stuff in the Bible, then it doesn't change me, okay? God has to bring the Word to life. and He does that by the Holy Spirit, okay? The Word of God was given by the Spirit of God. And it can only be understood or interpreted by the Spirit of God. Okay? That's what brings it life. Okay, So that's why Jesus said, My words are spirit and they are life to those that find them. Uh, because when Jesus spoke the word of God, it had the Spirit of God on it, which is life. Okay, It's life. He said, I am come that they might have life and uh, have it abundantly. But the thief, that's the devil, cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. So the seed of the serpent is designed to bring death. The seed of the woman, which is Christ, is designed to bring life. Life. Okay. So um, the first time we're born, we have that sin nature called the flesh. And remember what we talked about in the last lesson, if you write down S-I-N, just sin. But make the eye a great big tall You know, bold I, and so I like that because it illustrates how, what what sin basically is—it's serving self, the big old me, myself, and Uh, I—that everything I do, think about, and motivation, and everything else is what I want, what you know, what serves me, Uh, and that's what sin is. Okay, now now write the same word, S O N, S O N. All right, and and uh, that is what Christ brings. Okay, because what does that mean? The Son, Son of God. All right, when He comes and lives in us, once we're born again, what actually happens is we receive that good seed of the Word of God. All right, in our hearts, and then the Holy Spirit brings it to life, and. Amazingly, what happens is the life of Christ, of Jesus, is conceived in our hearts, okay? We get a new heart, a new heart, okay? And, And instead of wanting to serve the big me, myself, and I, all right, my nature changes, okay? Jesus at one time said, I did not come to be served, but to serve. And what's that mean? He was more interested in others, not himself. He didn't serve himself, okay, because he had the love of God in him. Remember, the Bible says God is love, all right? And the two big commandments are, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all thy strength. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, okay? So S-O-N is the new man. Once you're born again, now your motivation is not The big me, myself, and I, but your motivation is God and others, all right? That we become servants of God, all right? Servants, all right? Uh, One time the disciples asked Jesus, well, who's the greatest in the kingdom, you know? uh, They were still thinking about the flesh and the big me, myself, and I, and they were arguing about who was gonna sit at Jesus' right hand in in the, the new kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, you know? And everybody wanted to think about themselves. And, and Jesus called a little child, a little kid, you know. And he, he brought this little kid. He says, unless you come as a little child, you will never enter the kingdom of God. You know, uh, it, it is the humble. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. OK, the reason God used Moses so mightily Back in Deuteronomy, the Bible says Moses was the humblest man in the earth. All right. Well, what caused the devil to fall? Remember Lucifer? Pride. Pride. That's that me, myself, and I stuff. Okay. So uh, in order to change into God's image, and again, that's the whole purpose of, of what God is doing here in the earth, is I have to receive the sperma of the Father. That's the Word of God. And then the Holy Spirit brings that seed sown down in my heart, which is made from the dirt because a seed can't do anything until it gets in the dirt. Okay, And, and then the Holy Spirit waters it, and that seed comes to life. And what is that seed once it comes to life? It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. You know, so the way God, God's whole plan, the first Adam failed. All right. And so it became corrupt. And so everybody born of the first Adam has this sin nature. It's just a rebelliousness. And flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So the, the first birth is a dead end. It, it is a dead end. All right. And so that's why Jesus said you must be born again. You must. Okay. First is a natural birth, a physical birth. But the, the second birth is a spiritual birth. All right. A spiritual birth. All right. And uh, so it's the Holy Spirit and the word of God sown in our hearts. So when we receive the word and receive Jesus as Lord, confess him as Lord, we turn away from sin. Because one of the things that happens, remember, we reap what we sow. And it doesn't take very long in life to find out this sin nature can get control of me. And... Uh, Uh, I end up doing a whole lot of things I don't want to do, all right? And I can't do the things I want to do that are good, all right? Uh, I'm controlled, you know, before I am born again, when I'm born of the first man, Adam, uh, I I can't control myself. The devil comes along and tempts me, and remember what part he can tempt? It's the dust. That's the flesh. That's the sin nature, And before I know it, He'll come and tempt me, and I will fall flat on my face and begin to do what He wants me to do. All right? So uh, that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says when the Holy Spirit comes, He will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. A lot of human beings think, uh, gee, I'm not so bad. You know, uh, I'm not as bad as this person over here or that person. I didn't kill anybody. And... Uh, you know whatever else like that uh, and this is what Paul said about that. he said humans tend to maither, measure themselves by themselves all right in other words there's a there's a human human standard of right and wrong I guess there's really only one standard of right and wrong and that's god 's uh, commandments and when you were created uh, God put that understanding and knowledge or wisdom, I'll say, uh, of what is right and wrong. I mean, every race uh, across the earth uh, you know knows what is right and what is wrong, okay? Because God built it into our being, all right? So uh, now, but see, God's standard of righteousness is actually perfection, perfection, okay? We think that, that uh, God sort of has a big scale. You, you've probably seen uh, these images that talk about justice, uh, maybe the court system, courtrooms, and that kind of thing, and you see this woman holding up a, uh, a balance. Okay, you've got the right side and the left side, and let's just say that you know on, the, on one side you put all the good things that you've done, on the other side you put all the bad things that you've done. And we had this concept that, that, um, you know, if the good outweighs the bad, then uh, God will accept me and I can go to heaven. But that's not the way it works. Here's what God says about mankind. He said, all of man's righteousness is as but filthy rags to God. He said, the heart of man is exceedingly corrupt. Exceedingly corrupt. Okay. Okay. in God's eyes, man is desperately wicked. He said there is none righteous. No, not one. All right, then what in the world, how in the world are we ever going to go to heaven and have a relationship with God, you know, if we, we are have such wicked hearts, okay? Uh, it's something it's impossible for us to do. You cannot do it. It's not inside you, okay? God has to do it for you. He, ha- he has to change us. We are not able, we do not have the the power, the ability, or anything else to ever be pleasing to God. That nothing you can possibly do can make yourself acceptable to God. Nothing. Okay. But here's what the deal is. Remember what we said? The soul that sins must die. All right. And... Uh, when Adam and Eve sinned, and when you sin, do you know that you're committing suicide? Do you understand that? Okay. God gave you a life. He's the author of life, the Bible says. Okay. He's the father of spirits. All right. God is the one that created you and gave you life. All right. When you commit sin, and the penalty of sin is what? Death. Death. Okay? Whether you realize it or not, you killed yourself. You kill yourself when we sin. All right? And what's the penalty for sin? What's what's the penalty for killing a man? The man himself must die. Okay? God has this concept, justice, mercy, and grace. Justice, mercy, and grace. You know, in the physical realm down here on the earth, what is justice? Justice is getting what you deserve. If you break a law, let's say it's murder, okay? First degree murder. Well, And it's, the law says, well, the penalty for first degree murder, let's just say if they do the capital punishment part, well, that's death, okay? Uh, in the Old Testament, if you killed a man, that was the penalty, stoned to death, Okay. Uh, even if you committed adultery, the penalty? Death, okay? God's laws sound mighty hard, okay? Uh, and in fact, Jesus expanded on that in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, the law says, thou shalt not commit adultery. But he said, I tell you that it, even if you look on a woman, all right, and lust for her in your heart, then you've already broken that law. Because given the time, situation, circumstances, nobody's watching or looking, you would act on that lust inside of you, okay? And here's what Jesus is talking about. There's a difference between the spirit of the law and the letter of the law. The letter of the law is the physical part of it, okay? But see, that's not what matters to God. What matters to God is what is in the heart. And we think if if I'm only imagining it in my mind, all right, that I'd like to have sex with this person or something like that, then we say, well, I didn't actually do it. That doesn't matter to God because you would do it, you know. That's why the Bible says God looks on the heart, He looks on the heart. It's the motivation, the desires and things like that down inside a person, hidden to the eyes on the outside. Somebody looking at you and you can look like you're a pretty good guy. But you can have a wicked heart. This is so important to understand. So on the Sermon on the Mount, this, Jesus was preaching to the people who were under the law. Remember we, we said the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law. And this is where Jesus took several of these laws and showed them the, uh, the, the letter part compared to the spiritual part. Okay, And that's why he said, you know, if you even look with lust on a woman, you've broken that law. And if you break one law, you've broken the whole law. Then you are a lawbreaker and you have been disqualified to go to heaven because God only accepts perfection. See, God's standards are different than ours. Man's standard, is, you know, we, I hear all the time. You've heard it too. Man is basically good. Well, not in God's eyes. We cannot measure ourselves by ourselves. Then we will be deceived. We will be deceived. So here, here in this society under Judaism, everybody, it was all about the law. And boy, did people play games. The Pharisees and teachers of the law and the scribes and the uh, Sadducees and all these kind of people—they wore these big fancy robes and uh, you know they taught the law and that kind of stuff. They were legends in their own minds. Okay, but here's what Jesus said to the Pharisees: "Ye are of your father the devil," because they said, "No, we're, Abraham's our father," and Jesus said, "Well, if you were really..." the seed of Abraham, then you would do what Abraham did. And God had told Abraham, walk before me and be thou perfect. And by faith, by faith, years before, Abram did just that. He walked in obedience to God's command. And over time, by the Spirit of God, God sanctified and cleansed and made Abram perfect. And that's the standard to go to heaven. That's it. Okay, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Now, this can be scary. Let me just tell you that at the Sermon on the Mount, the, all these people were used to just listening to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law and trying to be like them. I want to be like you. Okay? You look like you've got it all together. But here's what Jesus said. Unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will by no means enter the kingdom of God. You know what that statement did? Do you understand when Jesus explained the difference between the letter of the law and the spirit of the law, man, he yanked the rug right out from, from under them. Any hope that they possibly had you know, to, to be good enough to go to heaven, You know, remember that scale of justice? You know, that maybe there are good deeds that outweigh the bad deeds. And that's the way the law worked. It was all performance-based. All right, but if you go to the New Testament, it says, By the letter of the law shall no flesh be justified. What was the purpose of the law then? People wrongly thought that the purpose of the law was like a checklist. You know, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I didn't do this. And, you know, check, 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 check. And then you're, you know, you stick it on the scale and see if you're good outweighs your bad. And then oh, I must be okay. Uh, but Jesus blew that idea out of the water. He blew it away. Unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will by no means enter the kingdom of God. So I can tell you, I can tell you, those people at the Sermon on the Mount, they were so blown away, they thought, well, what in the world are we going to do then? You know, it it sounds to us like there's no way to heaven. And that's true, except through the grace and the mercy of God. Remember justice, mercy, and grace? Everybody deserves justice. When When you sinned, you murdered yourself. You murdered yourself and you are a murderer. And God only knows how many other sins you've done. You've lied until, you might call it a white lie, but I mean, my friend, you've done so many sins, you cannot count them. And one is all you need to disqualify you for heaven. So it's hopeless. It's hopeless. All right. But here's how this works. See, God is a God of mercy. Well, what's the difference between justice, mercy and grace? What's the difference? Justice is getting what you deserve. And if you've ever sinned, justice is eternal death and separation from God. Not going to heaven, but being separated in hell. Okay? that's, That's the penalty, okay, for justice. But here's what the deal is: all right? God provides mercy. Now, somebody has to pay the penalty for your sins. And here's how it worked. Here's how God solved the problem. He sent Jesus to the earth as a man, a human being. The first Adam was a man, but he failed. And the whole human race died. But So God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. So God sent Jesus, born of a the woman, a virgin birth, the seed of the woman, and he never sinned. He's, the Bible says he was tempted in every which way as we are, and yet without sin. So he was the perfect lamb in a sense, all right? And, and remember, it, the whole Old Testament, all of those sacrifices, what was that all about? You know, killing this, these lambs and goats and oxen and all these kind of things. It's because without the shedding of blood, There is no remission of sin. No forgiveness. Okay? But all of the Old Testament is pointing to the New Testament. And so, John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. All right? So, what happened is, Jesus was crucified. He was murdered. All right? And paid the penalty for every single sin of all mankind. Every last one of them. All of them. Past, present, and future. All right? When he died on the cross, God accepted his sacrifice as full payment. And as proof, raised him from the dead. Raised him from the dead. Okay? And so, what happens is, mercy is when we can pick out and select somebody to pay the penalty for my sin. So that I don't have to. That's what mercy is about. God already paid the penalty for all of your sin. It's already paid. But you're not forgiven until you turn your life away from sin and towards Christ. Towards God in Christ. And you turn to God and you say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. I do not deserve heavenly life. But I do now. Accept Jesus as my substitute sacrifice to pay the penalty for my sins. And in that, his blood washes away my sins. And I declare Jesus as Lord of my life, and I will obey him. I'll obey your commandments through your power in me. All right, And that's when God, by the Holy Spirit, quickens that sperma, the word of the Father in your heart, and Jesus is conceived in you, just like in Mary, okay? All of a sudden, your heart changes. You get a new heart. Your motivation changes. So instead of trying to serve me, myself, and I all the time, all of a sudden, it's in your heart. It's your desire to serve God and to serve others. Not because you suddenly made a decision and made a New Year's resolution, because God changed your heart. That's the whole thing, because you cannot save yourself. The only way we can receive salvation and the new birth into the kingdom of God is to turn to God with everything you got and be serious about it. So you might want to just get down on your knees right now and make sure you've done that. Father God, I just thank you for these your these your people, Father. And I believe every, every last one of them are going to turn their hearts to you, Father, to receive your grace and your mercy, Father, to deliver them, each and every one, from the penalty of sin, which is eternal death and separation from you. Lord, bless their lives, Lord. Manifest your presence within them. Give them a hunger and a desire to know you through your word, Father, to study your word every day, to spend time in prayer, in consultation with you, getting down on their knees, Lord. Remember, the servant is the greatest in the kingdom, is the one who's servant of all. And so we first serve God and serve man. Father, and I thank you, Lord, that it's not a burden. Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, and you shall find rest for your souls. Bless your people, Jesus Amen.